This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Survey survey data finds that nearly half of Canadian men are too embarrassed to talk openly about mental health with their doctor or partner. It also found that men are more likely to seek mental health support if no one knew about it. Rocky Health has officially launched a men's mental health service. The initiative aims to improve access to care with support offered discreetly 24-7. Dr. George Mancarios has more details. He's the Chief Medical Officer for Rocky Health. Dr. Mancarios, thank you so much for making the time to be on the show today. I'm grateful. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here Um, and uh, definitely excited to speak to you a bit more about men's mental health. I think that stat that I cited off the top sort of answers this question, but I want to hear it from you. Why did you and your colleagues decide to start the Rocky Health Initiative? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, you know, me and the two co-founders are actually childhood friends. We've been uh, very good friends ever since we were about eight or nine years old, and uh, we uh, all have a uh, a background in healthcare. So, myself being a family physician, and uh, the other two co-founders being pharmacists. And um, more importantly, I think you know the there was personal experiences that we had. Um, that kind of made this all come together. Um, I know personally when I was in medical school, I was going through um, issues with experiencing hair loss, uh, but I wasn't exactly aware of what I could do about it. And more importantly, uh, when I did hear of certain solutions, uh, you know, it came with, with negative connotations about potential side effects, et cetera. And so I, I, I kind of, I, I didn't do anything about it for, for a very long time um, until I came across a friend of mine who actually had used the treatment and had had very good results, right? And so I started using it myself, and I noticed the the tremendous improvement that I had. And it wasn't just about me regaining that hair back. It was more about the the issues that I was experiencing with kind of having, uh, I guess, problems with with self confidence to an extent, right? There's obviously like a self image uh, that that comes with with losing hair, um, but it then made me realize that you know, had I one been aware of the solutions that were available and two, uh, had access to a healthcare professional who could kind of explain to me, uh, you know, the the actual instance of side effects, for example, that I would have definitely started that treatment uh, a long time ago, right? So I think that's that's one aspect is just people not, uh, or men, sorry, not having necessarily the that understanding um, and the accessibility to the right information. The second thing is, and more importantly, when it comes specifically to mental health, I think, you know, being on the front line day to day as a family physician, I see the issues that uh, that come with the inaccessibility um, for a lot of men. And, uh, and more importantly, the, the struggles that they have with just being open and honest with how they feel. Um, and so we found that, you know, if we could basically put our heads together and, and come up with solutions to kind of tackle these problems, then hopefully we can you know, provide a better way for, for men to address their mental health. 
How are you hoping to approach that? Because certainly when, when you think about that stat where people are uncomfortable expressing it in the first place, how is Rocky aiming to bridge that gap or make people, men, more comfortable to reach out and, and express that need and offer a service? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's it's twofold. One is, you know, Rocky ultimately is available 24-7. So there, there's no need to, uh, you know, look for a family physician or even wait, uh, you know, for your doctor to, to reach out to you because sometimes wait times can be, you know, even a couple of weeks. Uh, but more importantly, you know, there is more comfort in, in, uh, in someone uh, filling out a medical questionnaire um, and then having someone reach out to them through a phone call uh, versus going in face to face and kind of speaking to your doctor about it. And, and to your point, uh, you know, we went out there and we kind of found that information ourselves. We wanted to know what is it that men specifically struggle with to kind of express their emotions or seek the help that they need. Um, and interestingly enough, we found that approximately 45% of men uh, are too embarrassed to even, you know, or, or sorry, they'd be more likely to, to speak to a healthcare provider if no one knew about it. So that, that discretion plays a big role, which is, you know, something that we try to bring to the forefront in the services that we deliver. What does the process look like for someone who might be uh, seeking assistance from Rocky Health? Rocky Health? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, ultimately, you know, everything is done online. So you would fill in a pre-questionnaire, which is kind of like a screening tool to see whether or not you would be an appropriate candidate for virtual services. Uh, if you are, it then takes you to a main questionnaire, which asks, uh, you know, an extensive amount of questions to try and, and understand more about the issues that they're experiencing, along with, you know, what that individual's preferences are when it comes to treatment and what they're looking for. Uh, what then happens is a clinician uh, will then review that questionnaire. An appointment is then set up through a, a, a telephone appointment, that is. And it's then discussed. Uh, so, you know, the clinician will then give their advice uh, based on, you know, the, uh, the the questionnaire. They'll probably ask some further questions, perhaps for clarification. But most importantly, it's about, you know, trying to understand more about that patient and what it is that they're looking for, uh, you know, in terms of treatment and coming up with like a shared management plan, if you will. The healthcare picture has become a, become a very complicated one. It's complicated for people and professionals who work in the industry. It's also proven to be quite difficult for people to get access to different forms of care. How do you think this model might be a template that could be used moving forward to address some of the broader concerns in healthcare in Canada right now? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So I think ultimately, you know, with COVID, we saw, you know, ultimately a fast track to, to virtual care services. And I think that to an extent has opened the door to a lot of Canadians to be able to access their physician in a much easier manner, in a more prompt manner. Um, and I think, you know, what we're what we're, we're uh, kind of doing here at Rocky, this is kind of like a, a, a stepping stone for us, if you will, right? So we're con con uh, currently focusing on, you know, mental health along with other uh, embarrassing issues. But we are looking to kind of expand the services more and more to, to meet, you know, uh, the demands for uh, things that are beyond just what's embarrassing. Um, you know, even your common day-to-day -day ailments, for example, uh, if you're struggling to, to, you know, access a physician, we're kind of looking to leverage basically technology along with access to a broader healthcare team, such as nurse practitioners that may be able to assist, uh, you know, with, uh, with common day-to-day -day ailments. What are the points of contact for someone who might be interested this morning? You, you may have perked a couple of eardrums here. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, myrocky.ca, uh, that would be the first port of contact. Um, and, uh, you know, once you get on there, everything is fairly straightforward. You'll, you'll find, you know, the tabs available on the top left-hand corner. It'll say mental health. And uh, if they just simply click on there, uh, they'll be able to then begin the process and, uh, and get connected with the clinician. Dr. Mankarios, what a really interesting idea. Thank you for taking the time to talk about it today. All the best to you and your colleagues. Dave, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's Dr. George Mankarius. He is the Chief Medical Officer for Rocky Health. As mentioned, visit myrocky.ca, myrocky.ca for more information. In one minute, Laura Bain has the entertainment report. But first, LG is showing off some TVs at CES. Mike Dubusky flips on another edition of Tech Trends. The TV no longer has to dominate the room. The LG Signature OLED T is a 77-inch panel that's completely see-through. Digital Trends' Caleb Dennison. Folks don't necessarily want their TV looking like a big black rectangle in their room when it's not being watched. For when you actually want to watch TV. They've set up the device so that it rolls a black film up behind the transparent display, and as soon as they do that, it looks just like a regular OLED TV. It's the latest in a line of TVs that do away with the tech aesthetic. Samsung's The Frame is designed to look like a painting when it's turned off. LG, meanwhile, plans to put the OLED T on sale before the end of the year, though no pricing has been announced. I do think it will have a fairly shocking sticker price. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Thank you very much, Mike. I wonder what constitutes a shocking sticker price anymore in the world that you live in. Let's turn to the world of entertainment. Maybe you want to watch DJ Demare's new show one more time on a 77-inch TV. It debuted on AMI-tv this week, and Laura Bain has some thoughts on the show. Hello again, Laura. Yeah. Hi, Dave. Um, yeah, this show caught my attention. And um, as you mentioned, it airs on AMI-tv on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. I streamed it on C- CBC Gem, where uh, it's also available. So I know you've talked about this show a little bit this week. It's a workplace comedy set in a used sporting goods store. DJ Demare plays DJ, so same name. <laughs> uh, the store is manager with a cast of oddball employees. And I think we have a clip to play. Yeah, we sure do. In the trailer uh, DJ's talking with a couple colleagues and customers in the sports store which is named one more time let's roll the clip our customers shop here because they know we care ma'am I got what you need I'll scream you will take what I give you this one's good DJ we understand them is there sound coming up we listen I'm sorry what 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 shots fired <laughs> You know, I don't know sign language. What? You heard of hearing too? Was your worst fear also not, not hearing, hearing the fire, fire alarm and your skin melting down to the skeleton? <laughs> well, this is terrific. So, Laura, you had a chance to uh, take in the first episode. What'd you think? Funny stuff. Uh, I enjoyed it. I felt like I'm not 100% hooked yet, but I'm definitely going to give episode two a chance. I really like um, like awkward workplace comedies, uh, and I feel like this kind of adds the awkwardness of disability to that or the potential awkwardness that can come 
with this ability in a really funny way. Um, that trailer there had a little bit of, I think, what was my favorite kind of moment in the first episode, which is where like one of the an employee tries to is very enthusiastic about their allyship, let's say, and like learn sign language. <laughs> of course, making the assumption that DJ uses sign language, which he doesn't. So. Um, yeah, I felt like it just did a really good job of kind of highlighting sometimes the funniness that comes with this ability without being distasteful. Um, I watched it, as I mentioned, on Gem, and I couldn't get the audio description to work. I think it wasn't available on the app, which is a little disappointing. So watching it on AMI might be a better way for folks to check it out because there is some physical comedy in there, which we heard in that clip that I felt like I was missing out on a little bit. Yeah, so AMI-TV as well as AMI-plus.ca uh, should be able to take care of a couple of uh, those needs on that front. Yeah. Uh, Laura, one thing, I, no, I, I started watching yesterday and then a pot boiled over on my stove and it kind of threw me for a loop and I actually had to turn it off and I got distracted and then I fell asleep early. This is the life of Dave Brown. Nobody cares about my autobiography. But from what I've seen in terms of the trailers and a couple of clips, it, it, it seems to have hit a tone here and mm -hmm. that's not easy for a comedy to to do early in its run. Oftentimes it takes comedies five, six episodes to get going, sometimes more than a season, but it's a real testament to DJ. DJ's a really funny guy, and it looks like he's been able to figure out how to get some of that those disability jokes in early, set a tempo, set a tone, and then sort of move where he wants to move from there. I'm really eager to finish the first episode, and I'm really eager to see what else is on offer here. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, perhaps that just speaks to like the importance of having disabled people writing our own stories and acting in our own stories. Uh, this is actually the first Canadian TV series uh, to have a lead actor who is hard of hearing in it. So, um, yeah, you know, I know that I'm like 100% more likely to tune in when I know that, when I know that there's um, kind of an authentic disability angle and maybe a lead character who has a disability. And I think it's because I'm just so like I want to be in on the conversation obviously and I want to support the content but I think I'm also really eager to see my experiences reflected in a show which I didn't for the most most of my like tv watching life and stuff that's relatable I mean I don't have um you know hearing loss but I think there's a lot of relatability in that kind of experience but what about yourself does it make you more likely to tune in if you know that there's uh a lead actor or a writer on the show that has a disability? I think the actor would definitely be something that matters for me. I, when it really comes down to it, I, I want to see that true representation on screen. I think what makes this one really important, though, Laura, is the notion of comedy, because I think there have been plenty of uh, stories told with the disability lens that is uh, very boo-hoo or very concerning or, you know, very sad or look at this life or here's pathos. I think there's something to be said when it's in the comedy world, because I think that's where you can really disarm people. I, actually, I wonder if that's uh, ableist language that I just used. I wonder if that's a situation <laughs> where you can yeah. kind of break down somebody's barriers by utilizing comedy in a way that's a little less in your face and might even create a broader based interest. I think so. And actually what's coming to mind for me right now is that uh, Netflix show special. And I'm trying to remember the actor writer's name on that. I know his first name was Ryan, but that kind of also hit that comedy beat. Uh, well, I think bringing in sort of people and, and uh, you know, 
I don't want to say learning because learning sounds like you're yeah, getting yeah, your vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I'm <laughs> meaning, but just maybe normal. I think normalizing, normalizing is actually yeah. a better word, like normalizing through comedy. It's like camouflaging the vegetables. It's like it's like grinding up the cauliflower and putting it in your mac and cheese. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lesson to be learned there. Okay, Laura, one last thing on the way out the door here. Uh, not sure where you stand on the 2004 film Mean Girls, but it is mm -hmm. being rebooted in musical form out in theaters yep. today. What are the odds you'd head down to the theater to go see the reboot of Mean Girls 20 years later? I Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like musicals. I did like the movie Mean Girls. So yeah, I would say that if I was going to the movies this weekend, that would probably yeah. be a top contender. What about for yourself? I loved the 2004 movie. I loved Mean Girls. I thought it was so deeply funny. Uh, I found out this is a musical. And like that kind of upsets me because I don't really feel like mm. going to see a musical. What's kind of odd is it wasn't explicitly marketed as a musical until very recently. So I thought that was kind of strange. Like, why aren't you telling me this is a musical? Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot of musicals out lately, right? I mean, we have the color purple right now, but I think uh, Barbie also was a musical, wouldn't it, you say? It, it had It had some musical elements to it. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think I, musicals are... are... Well, I don't want to say having a moment because I don't mean to say that it's something that's going to go away, but they seem to be quite popular right now. Hamilton in the Heights. They made that in the Heights movie a couple summers ago that ended up mm -hmm. doing fairly well at the box office. Apparently, even that Willy Wonka reboot was a, a musical oh, yes, as of well. Course. Yeah. Um, yeah. That said, uh, once again, not marketed as a musical, which seems strange. It's like you're trying to trick people into going to see musicals who don't want to see musicals rather than just advertising to people who like musicals. Yeah, maybe. And I think I forgot about Wonka. I mean, I love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but I think like the last remake of Wonka was just so traumatizing for me that I've sort of, uh, I, I probably will see the latest Wonka, but haven't yet. Yeah, in the pro wrestling world, they call that killing the town. The last Wonka movie killed the town and killed the brand and you got to move on. Hey, Laura, speaking of moving on, I got to go. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Dave. You too. That's Laura Bain with the Entertainment Report. Coming up after the break, Alex Smythe is uh, searching for housing, trying to find a rental place, and apparently it's not uh, going so well. So we'll just open up the door and let Alex rant and vent for 10 minutes, and then uh, that'll be that. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.